0: We can feel the presence of God. Thankful for all of our guests and family and friends that have gathered here. And uh, we don't normally call you all out, and, and we probably won't, but we're glad that Sister Kristen Thornton and Sister Abby Thornton surprised our family. They're great friends of ours and came all the way from Ohio to surprise Zoe and I guess us too. But we're glad y'all are here. And uh, man, what a, what a day to Sister Angie, Sister Rashea. We're excited what y'all are going to do there in, in Madagascar, that, that, that uh, Next Steps program. But I love the fact that with y'all's global vision, you're also instilling that same hunger and desire here in, in Lighthouse. Sister Angie is over our kids' church downstairs and rocking and rollin' and Zeke enjoys that. I'm thankful that we can have people who have a global focus but also have a, a home focus. You can have both. And I believe our church exudes that as well. And we've, got, we've been raising money for Mother's Memorial. It's an offering that we give. None of it stays in this building. It goes out and, and, and combines with other churches' Mother's Memorial offering. And uh, we've been doing that downstairs in the cafe. And people have been giving. But if you look outside, when you leave, there's a table. And it's kind of a silent auction set up. But we're going to have another parking spot. If you'd like to take advantage of having your very own parking spot with your name on it for a whole year. 12 months or so. You can uh, bid on that. There's another table that's out there you can bid on, and uh, you just write it down. But be, look at that. But it's all part of Lighthouse's global focus while having a very, very much a focus here in our own community. And as we've grown and people have joined us, we're honored and thankful for all of our ministers, and, and uh, you've been hearing. Uh, Brother O'Daniel, the last few Sundays teaching in our our uh, adult Sunday school class. And then we have a new family. If you haven't got a chance to meet them, we're thankful for the sponsors that are here. And uh, we're glad this is their home for this season of life. And they are the regional directors for, this, for uh, the continent of South America and our global missions department of United Pentecostal Church. And... Uh, I wanted him, he's here, and I, told, I gave him the option because they travel a lot and they're always preaching out, but I said, I really would like you to preach at Lighthouse, and he was able to be here. We want you to come with the sponsor, to take your liberty, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to us. Can we give them a warm Lighthouse family welcome? We love you, my friend. Thank you. I'm scared you. of those stairs. I know you are. Oh, praise the Lord,
1: everybody, and thank you. Pastor Buford, those kind words, uh, when Sister Sponsor and I moved from Argentina to take this new responsibility, uh, we had to start a, a process of life that I can't stand, and that's church shopping. I despise church shopping. Um, and uh, I won't say what we did, but I will say that when we walked into Lighthouse, uh, it was just an instant feeling you're at home. And that is, uh, that's something beautiful to have. That really is. And we want to say thank you to Brother and Sister Buford. They are tremendous pastors, and they have been so kind in allowing us to be the most unfaithful saints that they have. And, uh, but uh, we pay our tithes, so I guess that's okay. Amen. Great day today, and uh, the presence of the Lord is in the house. It really is. We're going to turn to two portions of Scripture today. I'm not a deep preacher. Uh, if you're looking for someone to preach on the beast of, or the image of the book of Daniel and his correlation to the third eyelash and the beast of Revelation, I'm not your guy. But there is something I'd like to bring to you today. Something that I strongly believe in because I have seen it happen in our own lives. Psalms chapter nineteen, verse fourteen. Um, Psalms nineteen fourteen, and then Luke six and forty five. The Bible says this: Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let the words of my mouth. Jesus said in Luke six forty five. <clears throat> Man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. Evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. The New Living Translation says, What you say flows from what is in your heart. And I just want to bring you a simple thought today. But something that has really transform my life. I just want to bring you this thought. What you say is what you get. What you say is what you get. Now, would you mind just clapping your hands to the Lord one more time? Just thank him, because he's in the house, he's here. Because he's a good God, there's nothing wrong with God. He's just wonderful. Amen. And God bless you, you can be seated. <clears throat> Amen. You know, words are very powerful. They're very powerful. It's the main form of communication among humans. And I'm sorry, all of everybody that goes to YouTube and sees the little video clips of the talking husky dogs, they are not saying, I love you. They are responding to sounds because they know you're going to give them some food. One of the main causes of marital conflicts is the lack of communication. Blessed and fortunate is the child whose parents understand the power of verbal affirmation. In fact, one of the most damaging things that you you can ever do as a parent is to call your child stupid or dumb because it literally can define the life and mindset of a child. If he grows up with that concept and that constant word being given to him, he is going to view himself as dumb and stupid and unable to achieve. Words can literally bring peace, or words have started wars. They can resolve a conflict or start and amplify a conflict. That's why Proverbs 15.1 lets us know that a soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up Anger and Proverbs 1821 kind of sums it all up when it says the power of death and life are in the tongue. Studies have shown that parents who constantly affirm a child will enjoy a child that, that, that achieves better grades, has better social skills, and has better adulthood. You want a happy marriage? Pour on the words of affirmation, pour on the words of love. Look at her men and say, Hey babe, you still got it. You know what she'll do? She'll say, Oh, just quit it. But watch, she'll just kind of swagger when she walks away. <laughs> something about the words, something you want a child that can achieve your words are critically in, 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 in important. You you want a better service at restaurants? Don't gripe at the waiter or the waitress. Just tell them they're doing a great job. Tell them you're glad. Folks, we have been served, because we eat out a lot, we have been served water when no one else was getting water. We've got our food hot when no one else was getting food hot, just because we're talking and conversing and giving words of affirmation, because words are powerful, and words are impacting and are incredibly influential. Now, I'm starting to to be convinced that it is no different in the realms of the Spirit, and, and in the realm of Christian living because I'm really starting to believe that something special starts to take place when we confess with our mouth and then believe in our heart, things start to happen. When we start declaring things by faith, there is something that happens in the realms of the spirit. Maybe we don't fully understand it, and we don't really know how it takes place, but it starts to happen just because of what we are saying. Let me give you a biblical concept, and I'll give you the shortened version, but Elisha is there in... Severe famine's about to end and the prophecy goes out that the famine is about over and 2 Kings 7 1 says that Elisha replied, this is from the New Living Translation says listen to the message from the Lord this is what the Lord says, by this time tomorrow in the markets of Samaria six quarts of choice flour will cost only one piece of silver, twelve quarts of barley grain will only cost a piece of silver, words of prophecy words of power, words of faith and they're spoken by the man of God declared to all who would listen to him in the king's court. But listen to what happened after that. Second kings 7, 2 Kings 7.2 So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said Look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven could this thing be? That's what he declared. That's after the man of God said It's over. Famine's over. Tomorrow it's party time. We've been, we've been fighting. We've been struggling. But tomorrow it's going to happen. And this guy said, if God would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? You can read the rest of the chapter to get the story, but the condensed version is four lepers decide what have we got to lose, so they head to the Syrian camp. God performs a miracle. The Syrians believe the whole world is coming down on them, and they they book out of there, leaving everything. And, And the man who voiced the words when the city poured out to go to see the miracle, the man that said, could this thing happen, he saw the miracle. He heard the miracle, but he never enjoyed the deliverance of the Lord because of what he said. Why? Because he said it and it started a chain of events that eventually led to his death. Because what you say is what you get. Elijah in 1 Kings 18, there's three years of drought, and you probably know the story and the results of what drought can bring, hunger, death, natural calamity. Then there's the showdown on Mount Carmel, and the fire falls, and false prophets are executed, and in true Pentecostal fashion after the service, they ate. Because that's what we don't do. We don't do. We don't smoke. We don't drink. Son, we know every restaurant between here. and. But look at what Elijah told Ahab in 1 Kings 18, 41. New King James Version. Then Elijah said to Ahab, said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink. For there is the sound of the abundance of rain. I want you to know that when he said those words, there wasn't a cloud in the sky. There were no indicators of anything except continued drought. And this is what blew my mind when I got to looking at it. The Bible does not even indicate that God told Ahab or God told Elijah to say those words to Ahab. Elijah just said it. He just declared it. And, and 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 when he declared it and prayed about it and began to act upon his declaration upon the words he spoke, he said to his servant, "Go look towards the sea." And seven times his assistant did that, acting only upon the declaration of Elijah, the words of faith spoken by the prophet. But the seventh time, he comes back and says, "There's a cloud the size of a man's hand rising." Elijah knew that God was going to confirm the declaration. Of faith, he had spoken, and there came the rain and there came the deliverance. Because, ladies and gentlemen, what you say is what you get. I look at the Shunammite woman in 2 Kings 4. Elisha asked what he can do for the lady who's shown, shown such respect for the ministry. And let me throw just a little parenthesis in there you can't show enough respect for the ministry, and you can't do enough good for the ministry. God will always bless you. Didn't cost you nothing. That's a freebie. but That's good preaching. Gehazi mentions that there's no child, Elisha says. By this time next year, and the miracle happens. And then about 10 to 12 years later, the boy's working with dad in the field and suddenly grabs his head in pain. Dad takes the boy to mom like a good dad would. Here, you take him. I don't know what to do with him. And the boy died in his mom's arms. Her promise died in his arms. But I look at what this woman did, and it, it impacts me, ladies and gentlemen. She told her servants, saddle up the donkeys. Give me an offering to give to the man of God. And they said, but it's not a holy day. There's nothing special going on. What are you doing? Look at what she said. She said, it's going to be okay. <laughs> Wait a minute, lady. You got a dead boy there. There's no sign of life. The last I knew, 7-Eleven wasn't wasn't selling any restoration kits. But you're starting to declare it's going to be okay. Don't worry. It's going to be fine. God's got this. I'm declaring it's going to be okay. And ladies and gentlemen, she goes to the prophet. Elisha goes to the house. The boy is resurrected to life. But the miracle started when she spoke it into existence. Because what you say is what you get. If I'm correct in this concept, and I believe I am, then I think we can speak some miracles into existence. Maybe I'm nuts. Maybe I'm weird. I was born in Portland, Oregon, so just give me a little space here. Folks, I believe with all my heart because I have seen it take place. I'm really starting to accept the concept that when we speak in accordance to the Word of God and by faith in the promises given by the Word of God, things are going to happen. They are going to happen. I don't... I don't believe we have to wait, and I say this carefully. I don't believe we have to wait for a superstar. I believe resting within every single child of God that is filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. I believe there's an anointing and a power that can take place. And if we will lose our faith and our confidence and trust in God and His word, you're gonna see, you're gonna see things happen that's gonna blow your minds. Is it any wonder that the Bible tells us to enter into his gates with thanks? Giving And into his courts with praise in Psalms 100. Because when we walk into the house of God with a heart full of thanksgiving and worship that is expressed by our lips, things begin to happen in the realms of the spirit. Trust me, Sister Sponsor and I have been in many, many services in our missionary life and in deputation. You can tell the ones whose people have walked in and they're worshiping and praising God. And the others that have come in talking about it anything else in the world. Friend, I'm telling you, you walk in and begin to declare the goodness of God. You walk in and begin to praise God. You begin to magnify Him. And there's going to be something happen in the realms of the Spirit. It's one of the many reasons that prayer time before service is so critical. And that's one thing I'm so thankful about this church Every time we walked into the prayer room, people have been praying. You get that. You've got revival. I really believe that we can speak miracles into existence. 2013, Sister Sponsor and I finished our deputation, came back to Argentina. And I really kind of had a hunger to see some real great things move. I've never claimed to have any gifts of healing, faith. And in fact, I got the gift of suspicion. Uh, my wife has the gift of tongues, but I got the gift of suspicion. And she exercises her tongues all the time. (sighs) But we walked into a P.F. Chang's. It's a sad excuse for a P.F. Chang's. (sighs) And I've been thinking, God, I really would like to see some miracles of healing. It's okay to teach in the Bible. It's okay to be admitted. I want to see some here. So Eliana... Waitress came over and uh, she said, Hi, Harry, can I take your order? I said, How are you doing today? And she said, I'm not doing good. And I said, What's wrong? And she said, Well, my dad had a massive stroke and he's in the hospital. They don't expect him to live. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not the most extroverted person in the world. In fact, in a church meeting, my wife has gone to a corner and dragged me out and said, you're a preacher. Get out there and talk with people. (laughs) Okay. So I'm telling you, I'm not the most extroverted person in the world. But without thinking, I looked at Eliana and said, well, where is he? We'll go pray for him, and God's going to heal him. The moment I said that, the thought hit me. Spons, that is the dumbest thing you could have ever said. That is ignorant. You, you said it. And she asked us a question. She said, well, how much would you charge me to come and pray for my dad? We said, it doesn't cost you nothing. Just tell us. We went to the hospital. We walked into that room. There was a spirit of death in that place. The man couldn't talk. His eyes were full of fear. He was, he, was, he was afraid, and he was dying. The doctor said he literally had a few hours to live. So I just walked up to him, and I said, Jorge, we're going to pray for you, and God's going to heal you. And I thought, man, you better shut that up, because what happens if he doesn't? But we prayed for him. We just said, by the authority and power of the name of Jesus and the authority and power of the word, let life come back into this body and raise this man up again. And we turned around and walked out the door. And he was still all over the place and sick and wasn't breathing and and, and all the stuff. The next day, Miriam called up Eliana and said, so how's your dad? And I could hear her screaming on the phone. She said, Dad is sitting up in bed demanding breakfast and saying, I want to go home. There's nothing wrong. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you're not looking at a man who claims any special gift. But I do know what the Word of God says. And there is something about it that when we begin to act on faith, I'm looking at a group of young people that I've admired worshiping. But I'm here to tell you, God didn't just call you to worship. God called you to go out there and begin to declare by the power of the name of Jesus signs and wonders and miracles. And God wants to do that. Through you <laughs> Camilo Bueno, who is the son of our national youth president in Argentina, a little four year old boy. They were getting ready to go on a vacation, and they were at a pizza place eating some pizza. And suddenly, Kami looked over at his dad and said, I don't feel good. So they walked into the hospital to check him out. And and within 30 minutes, Camilo, I wish I had the pictures to show you, but Camilo was on life support because his lungs were full. And the doctor said, he's got a 1% chance to live. They called us. They called several ministers. And unknowing to us, but we said the same thing other ministers said. God is going to raise your boy up. And God is going to give healing to him. Folks, 30 days after the day that he walked in, he walked out. Nurses and doctors lined the hallway. Tears streaming down their face because they knew that there was a miracle that had taken place. Because what you say is what you get. My mother-in-law was a cool lady. I have no bad mother-in-law story. She was a great gal, full-blooded Czechoslovakian, and she is a spitfire. And she never did anything bad to me except try to feed me goat's milk with my cereal, and I don't do goat's milk. It's the only thing I got against her. But my father-in-law was a good man, but he was an alcoholic. And when he worked, he worked hard, but when he was drunk, he was drunk. He, he was drunk. Abused the family, tried to kill the whole family one time. But my mother-in-law, for 50 years, every church service, that's when they used to take prayer requests. She'd raise her hand, pray for Clem, God's going to save him. The next service, pray for Clem, God's going to save him. The next service, pray for Clem. When he's busy with his wine bottle and when he's busy abusing the family, pray for Clem. God's going to save him. God, for 50 years, ladies and gentlemen, she kept saying, pray for Clem and declaring, God's going to save him. And it was one day as she was fixing her white puffy hair to get ready to go to the house of God for church that her husband of I don't know how many years suddenly rolled over and said, Bessie, I want to go to church with you today. My mother-in-law was so cool, she said, well, get up. You're not going in your pajamas. (laughs) Clem went to church. And a few weeks later, at 85 years of age, Clem was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Because my mother-in-law kept saying, God's going to save him. 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 What you say is what you get, ladies and gentlemen. What you say is what you get. In 2016, we had a plague in Buenos Aires of, of dengue and mosquito-borne illnesses. And, and Miriam, and my, my wife, she, she got bit and not only got dengue fever, but she got chikungunya. And it affected her. It hammered her. And she had to go to bed. And, and she was so sick. Her hair just started falling out by handfuls, and she couldn't eat. I'd walk into the room. There were three or four times I walked into the room. I called her name, and she didn't respond. And I walked over and felt her her artery and put my finger in her nose, I couldn't get any response. I thought, God, you're going to kill her. And I'm going to confess to you that at the moment when I saw my wife lying in bed, unresponsive, and I just, I could not get the faith to say a word except, God, don't take my wife from me, please. Don't take her. But our national president's wife, Estela Orueta, is a lady of prayer, and she called up every day. And she said, well, the sponsor of house, Sister Miriam. I said, man, Sister Estela, she ain't doing good. She said, don't worry. She's going to be healed. And the next day, she called up. How, Sister Mary? Well, she turned over in bed today, so I guess there's some improvement. Don't worry. God's going to heal her. We had the first national prayer conference taking place, and we had guests coming in, and I I didn't know what to do. But Sister Estela kept saying, God's going to heal her. God's gonna heal her. God's gonna heal her. God's gonna heal her. I didn't feel faith. He's a great missionary, man. I did not feel faith. But Sister Estela had some words she was declaring, not just to me, but to the realms of the Spirit. She's gonna be healed. She's gonna be healed. She's gonna be healed. The day before the conference started, Miriam rolled over and looked at me and said, I'm hungry. I said, babe, well, you better be careful. You haven't eaten anything for three months. I said, I'm hungry. Go fix me something. I went and fixed her something. She got up, and she started getting the house clean, because I'm a horrible house cleaner, and she got things ready. We got family coming. We got preachers coming. Let's get ready. Ladies and gentlemen, someone was declaring healing. Someone was declaring. Someone was speaking faith. And from one day to the next, now, please, Don't start declaring, God's gonna give me the Powerball numbers and I'm gonna win. Because you backslide. God's gonna give me three Mercedes Benz. Well, you can't afford the insurance or the upkeep. So, but I am gonna tell you this: I have seen declared healings that didn't take place. I prayed for people that have died. So if I pray for you, you got a 50-50 chance of getting healed or dying. Your choice. But just because we didn't see it every single time does not mean we're not going to declare it. Just because we didn't see it happen does not mean that it is not. I'm telling somebody here today, time to quit crying. It's time to quit believing the negative. It's time to quit looking at the headlines. It's time to turn CNN off. And it's time to start declaring to the heavens, God, you promised it. I believe it. I'm declaring it today. My son, my daughter, they're going to come in. There is going to be healing. You are going to do a miracle. There is going to be things. And when you start declaring it, something begins to happen in the realms of the spirit that your faith and your declaration begins to connect with the power of God in the name of Jesus. Whew. I'm getting ready to close, but Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, 23, Verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Maybe it's time we start declaring salvation of family members. Maybe it's time we start declaring healings. Maybe it's time we start declaring revival and growth. There was a situation I was facing, Sister Sponsor and I, and I didn't know what to do. I had a responsibility, and I knew that, that changes were coming, but we didn't have enough money to buy a home. We didn't have the down payment. We didn't have anything. We, didn't, we were just... Living by faith, and living by faith can give you ulcers if you're not careful. But I'd get all discouraged and say, baby, I don't know how we're going to get a house. And she said, no, 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 God's going to give us a house. And then about the time she'd get all discouraged, and she said, what are we going to do? We're not going to get a house. I said, no, 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 we're going to get a house. God said he's going to give a, God's going to give us a house. So we just kind of took turns being depressed and being encouraged. That's what marriage is all about. But I'm here to tell you when all of this took place and the regional director thing took place, and I'm saying, God, this is one wild ride, but we're going to hit this wave and ride it to the beach. And we got here, the second house we saw, the lady came down $20,000 in a market where people are giving $50,000 overbid and losing the bid. God provided us the furniture. God provided the home. I'm here to tell... I'm here trying to get through to somebody and tell you it's time to quit crying and quit weeping and it's time to lift up your voice and begin to declare it. God's going to do it. I don't know how. I don't know when, but he's going to do it. You see, faith doesn't necessarily rely on the physical feelings, what you see, taste, touch, and hear. It relies on the word of God. God. And he has exalted his word above all his name. <laughs> it depends on our confidence and trust in he who cannot lie. Musicians, you can come because I'm about through here. We just finished a two day marriage family seminar and a church. And Sunday morning, the last service, a lady walked up to me crying and I said, Brother Sponsor, what am I going to do? She said, this morning, my 16-year-old son walked out of his room, looked at me, and he said, I hate you, and I hate Dad, and I hate that church, and I hate that pastor, and I'm leaving, and I'm going out on the streets to live with my friends, because they understand me. With that, he turned and walked out the door. She said, what am I going to do? I looked at her and I said, you know what? i tell you what we're going to do. I want you to lift up your hands and your voice right now. And I want you to declare this. God, you are bringing my son back home. And she looked at me for a long moment. There weren't any tears. She was looking at me and saying, buddy, if this don't work, I'm having your head on a platter she closed her eyes and lifted her hands. And she began to worship the Lord and say, God, you're bringing my son back. You're going to take care of him. Bring him home. She got through praying, and I told her, now look, it's Sunday afternoon, and those are sacred times between me and the Lord. Sunday afternoon is when I lie before the Lord. Deep meditation. So don't call me. But send me a text and let me know what's going on. Three o'clock that afternoon, got a text message on my phone. Brother sponsor we sat down to eat. I had my son's plate set there at his chair. And I put the glass there filled with his favorite beverage. And we had just given thanks for the food when there was a knock at the door. I went to the door and opened it up. And there stood my son. Weeping. And he said, Mom, I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. I don't hate you and I don't hate dad and I don't hate the family and I don't hate the church. Can I come back home? She said, Baby, the plate's right there, glasses filled. Welcome home. Because a lady refused to accept the circumstance. And what you say is what you get. you got a mountain that seems to be blocking your way to victory. you got a situation that seems impossible. I'm going to ask you to take a huge step of faith today. I've watched people that have previously said, I've sinned too much for God to touch me. But somehow when they got past what they couldn't do and began to declare what God can do, I've watched God fill them with the Holy Ghost right there. Somebody needs to be filled with the Holy Ghost today. Somebody today thinks you've gone too far and you'll never be used by God. You're not too far. God's grace is much greater than whatever failure you've had. And it's time to stand and declare, my past is not going to stop my future. My future is open, it's big, it's bright, because God's going to do the work in me. when you begin to speak the word of faith to your situation and your circumstance and let the faith in your heart dictate the words of your mouth then begin to praise and worship the Lord as though it's already happened and maybe you won't see it right away there might be a lapse of time maybe God will do it in an instant But why not be bold and take a step of faith go into the supernatural and declare and receive. I read not long ago, and I close with this. Would you stand? There are two rivers flowing in the world today. There's a river of doubt and fear. River of confusion. River of despair. There is a river of revival and faith and miracles taking place you choose which river you're going to swim in as for me and myself i think the greatest days for the church are are just ahead i don't think washington dc dictates anything in the realms of the spirit i don't think local counties dictate anything i believe god's in charge I almost feel like heaven is just breathless waiting to see what you're going to do. You know what I want you to do? I want you to take your situation. I want you to take your future. I want you to take your circumstance. And I want you to lift up your hands towards heaven. And I want you to begin to declare, God, you're going to do something about this. You're going to use me. You're going to heal. God, I, I know my past has been kind of sketchy, but you can do something. The Holy Ghost is moving in this place. There's some tears flowing down some people's faces. I'm here to tell you, start to declare it. In fact, if you want to come up to this altar, why don't you bring it to the Lord? But don't beg him for anything and don't ask him for anything. Begin to declare, God, somehow you're going to take care of it. It's not gonna be what it looks like. God, you're gonna take care of the situation. Come on, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice and begin to declare out into the realms of the Spirit. God, you're going to use me. I know I'm young. I, I know that, that maybe I don't have all the talents in the world. But God, you can use anybody. You're going to use me. I'm going to be used. God, you're going to fill me with the Holy Ghost today. God, you are going to change my circumstance today. God, you're going to move in my family. I declare it. I speak it in the name of Jesus Christ. You are going to do something miraculous because he's the God of the miraculous. Lift up your voice. Speak it out. Speak it out. Speak it out. It's going to be okay. God, my boy's dead, but you're going to raise him back to life. God, my future's dark, but you're going to take care of it. You're the God of miracles. I don't know how. Tasha peace no,